and welcome to Check It Out at EVPL. A podcast from your local library. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm your host, Ellen. And today we're joined by Jamie. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. So this is our Valentine's Day episode. We were thinking about non-traditional gifts that you've received or that you would like to receive for Valentine's Day. Ryan, you go first. Well, I, I am very non-traditional. Um, I actually don't even give gifts on the day itself. It's always like a week before or after because I'm lazy, but also <laughs> I like to say, you know, it's more special that way. That's that's kind of my way of going it. So I do that too, but mine is because I'm too impatient to wait. Once the <laughs> gift shows up, I just have to yeah. hand it over like right now. Yeah, usually usually it's before. Yeah. Sometimes it's a day or two after, you know, shipping and stuff like that. Because you want to get the good the right thing, not just mm-hmm. anything, the right thing for the person. We don't really do much on Valentine's Day. Basically because our anniversary is literally one week and one day after. So, <laughs> so it's always just much We like, make much a day. bigger deal of our anniversary than Valentine's Day because of that. So mm-hmm. uh well this year I went ahead and got my wife a uh three by five print of a Van Gogh painting that she loves, uh, Starry Night. Oh yeah. Uh and she was very excited. Many expletives were said. Um so I knew <laughs> I I got it right. I got it right this year. That's how you know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, My husband has recently switched from working in the field, like on site, different places to working at a desk. So I got him a bunch of pushpins that look like narwhals. Oh, (laughs) excellent. Yeah. Just something small and simple that he needed. (laughs) And you know he's going to like, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If I was going to get a non-traditional gift, um, a friend of mine recently was given a yarn bouquet because she's into knitting and all things fiber. And I have recently forayed into the world of learning to spin yarn. So right now, a fiber bouquet of different kinds of spinning fiber that I could try out on my wheel would be exactly what I wanted. Excellent. Sounds like you could do a lot with that. I could do a lot with that. I've actually heard of these classes called um, Sheep to Shawl, where they literally take you and you get the fleece from a freshly sheared sheep. Mm -hmm. And they take you through the process of of cleaning it and carding it and possibly dyeing it and spinning it and then knitting it into a shawl. The I only thing that. that the only thing that sounds more fun to me is actually getting a share of the sheep myself. <laughs> I mean, as far as I know, they let you do that, but I would be I don't think I would be down for that because all it would take is one little nick of the sheep and the sheep showing any distress and I would be very upset. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Okay, you said you don't really celebrate Valentine's Day since you're married and your anniversary is too close. Right. Before you were married, did you ever get like a really good Valentine's Day gift? Oh, that's a really good question. I mean, nothing super non-traditional. Mm-hmm. I think I got a bouquet of the red and silver Hershey Kisses from Ooh, my uh, fiance at the time because he's a complete chocoholic. And so, <laughs> and he, he will... You know, the smallest hill he will die on would be Hershey. Mm. It's got to be Hershey. So that was probably, and I think it was, you know, it was very, very traditional in that sense. It was the mug with the hearts and the chocolates. And I I mean, I liked it. It was fun, you know, but. Yeah. I mean, you can't really go wrong with chocolate as a gift. (laughs) 
I'm not the chocoholic he is, to be fair. <laughs> so, but it worked. You know, it was really, you know, I was just touched that we got to, you know, enjoy the whole dating and then engaged and then married thing. And so, yeah. and, but as we've grown as people, you know, we have more specific interests. So it's when you get, I think, a non traditional gift, it shows that the person knows you. Yeah. They yes, know what's much. meaningful to you, what you like you know, and things of that nature. So, you know, a non-traditional gift is fun because it's a reflection of the depth of your relationship. Yeah. Or it could show the lack thereof. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so have you, uh, has your husband, the chocoholic, has he gotten to take a tour of the Hershey plant or anything like that? I, you know, he and I live states apart. I know that when he was in high school, because he grew up around Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. so naturally, <laughs> I think there's a, a theme park, a Hershey theme park. Okay. Yeah. And so I know that he's been there All right. and got to go through the factory and where they produce like the Hershey Kisses and stuff. And And do you know why Hershey Kisses are called Kisses? Not a clue. Because when the machine that comes down and does that little dollop of chocolate mm. on the belt – it looks like it's kissing the belt. Huh. Okay. I did little not less... know that's where the name came from. That is where it came from. A little less romantic. There's <laughs> a kiss involved, you know. <laughs> it's two machines, you know. <laughs> you know. Well, uh, you talked about your passions with the uh, spinning wheel right. and everything. That kind of segues into our Meg segment today, which is passions and hobbies throughout our life. And I was thinking about starting uh, with Ellen. Do you have a passion or a hobby that as a child, you kind of either grew out eventually or it developed into something else? Uh, so when I was really little, I did dance. I think I started when I was like three. And I did tap dance and then like uh, junior gymnastics where it's like, oh, we were so cool. We could do somersaults, <laughs> you guys. They're not flips. They're somersaults. They're somersaults. <laughs> because, again, we were like three. Right. Uh, and after that, I, I did fall out of dancing for a while, but then I got back into it in college and I actually took up like swing and ballroom dancing. Wow. That's exciting. Um, and where I lived in Michigan, it was like an hour away from Grand Rapids, which is where the country's largest swing dancing group is. Wow. And every week, like at least once a week, sometimes twice, they host dances to the public that are like really cheap to get into and you can go and dance there. And a lot of times they have, like, live big brass music and stuff like that. And actually, I helped break the world record for the world's largest swing dance. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Do you – is that your icebreaker? Uh, No, that's not. (laughs) It should be. Or, like, an elevator speech or something. Yeah, I feel like that's that's a little too much to, like, icebreak. I I don't want that much attention. But, yeah, the record has since been broken by some other group. But then I know the Grand Rapids Original Swing Society, which, yes, they abbreviate their name to Gross. (laughs) Okay. So if you're ever in Michigan, check out the Gross dancing group mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> um, they broke it a second time but i was not there for the second time and i don't know where the record stands now okay all right okay how about you, how about you jamie when i was growing up i was not that crafty you know i i was an utter tomboy we're talking you know tree climbing 
mud ball fights. <laughs> we were famous. We had a recipe for the perfect mud for a mud <laughs> ball fight. And we couldn't wait for a nice rain. So there'd be mud and we'd create these mounds of, you know, forget snowball fights. This was Texas, okay. There was not going to be any snowball fights. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, so we would do that in the summer, me and my cousins, and we would do that. Um, but I did have a very crafty aunt. And as I, as I've grown and I've started having interest in crafts, I think of her a lot because she could just do so many things. She mm -hmm. was very much into ceramic painting and, and did a lot of very artistic uh, painting on ceramics. I have mm -hmm. inherited some of those pieces, you know, that I have at home now. And uh, she did a lot of things that I don't think I appreciated at the time. She had a kiln and she would take uh, old Coke bottles and Sprite bottles and stretch them into these really weird shapes and Ooh. just as a creative artistic piece, you know. And so as I've gotten older and I started doing things like dyeing yarn and learning to spin and I do all the kind of outside. She also tried to start a little bird sanctuary where she had these really unique birds and uh, and she would have little placards of the different plants and mm -hmm. flowers and birds that she kept and had peacocks, you know, <laughs> roaming around. And I'm like, I don't think I realized it at the time because that was just what Aunt Allie was like. But now I'm like, oh, I want to grow up and be like her <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> with all the weird crafts and all the strange hobbies. Very, very nice. Uh, so for me, no one really ever guesses this, but as a kid, I was actually obsessed with bird watching. Oh, really? For like a solid three years, I think. I got a pair. So you would have been very good friends with Aunt Allie. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes, oh, yes. Very good. Because uh, I got a pair of binoculars, like just the cheapest plastic ones you can imagine when I was like seven or eight. Uh, and I just loved them and was every I went everywhere with them and I was always looking out for birds. Uh, and then eventually I got into Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts mm -hmm. and then, you know, they kind of have a route for that a little bit. So sure. that was always my interest when I was part of those organizations. Um, but then I discovered computers and I didn't go outside anymore. <laughs> and unfortunately, birds don't live inside my house. So yeah. that fell apart. That was the one thing that I did do that wasn't an outside thing when I was growing up. And was read, read and read. I was always a reader. As soon as I was able to read, that's what I was doing. And so if we weren't outside, I was doing that. I remember my one cousin, she enjoyed reading. We both would read, but not as much as I did. And sometimes she would be like, can we go outside now? You know. <laughs> so that was my one thing that kept me from the outdoors when I was growing up. Okay. Yeah, I, I was a big reader too. Which always thrilled my parents because a lot of our vacations were like road trips. Oh, so yes. it's like, yeah, just hand the kids a book. It'll work out. Yes. Um, and I think they were simultaneously impressed and annoyed when I outgrew like Jigsaw Jones and Jeannie B. Jones and all those because I started reading them in like less than a day. Oh, no. So they're like, oh, no, that's our main road trip material. <laughs> I have a similar story. When I was really young, I would go visit my father's side of the family. And we were, I mean, again, Texas, second largest state. Mm -hmm. So this was a day long drive to get from where my uh, where I was living to where my father's side of the family lived. And so when I was little, and not to age myself, but this was back before the days of car seats and things like that and all the fun things that you can have in a car now, apparently, according to family legend, I was just all over the place. Mm -hmm. And I think there was this huge family sigh of relief when I learned to read and love to read because I would sit still in a book 
for hours while we were in the car. Before that, it was just like, I'm sure I drove them all right up the wall and across the ceiling. Yeah. Uh, I actually have a very similar experience as well with road trips and books, but I have the opposite one of Ellen where uh, I was reading my brother's hand-me-downs, which my oldest brother is seven years older. Uh-huh. So they were way too complex for oh, me. No. Uh, so I, they would just sit there and like with Tolkien at like eight or nine years <laughs> old and just be completely lost and not know what I'm doing. But eventually I, I learned. I got there. Yeah. All right. So if we're continuing the Christmas Carol theme, we did Ghosts of Christmas or Hobbies Past. We're on Ghosts of Present Hobbies. Ghosts of Present Hobbies. Yeah, let's, okay. <laughs> let's, let's, let's go with we'll go with Yeah, okay. that sounds better. Okay, so what are you into now, essentially? Uh, I would like to still be into dancing. There is a group here in Evansville, but kind of since COVID, they've not been very active. Mm-hmm. It's hard I, to dance virtually. A little bit. I'm hoping eventually that we can actually bring that into the library. So fingers crossed one day that'll happen. But I actually got into rock climbing as well because there's a really good rock climbing gym here in town. Uh, It's called Vertical Escape. And if you're in the area, I highly recommend you check it out. Uh, It's really fun. They're really good at like changing up the patterns on the wall. So like you can't get too set in your ways about anything. And I'm terrible at it. <laughs> Occasionally, I can make it to the top of the wall, and it, I feel very impressed with myself. I have been to Vertical Escape uh, once, and I felt like I did okay. But then I watched some people do like the bouldering. Oh yeah, and it's just like all their finger strength, and I'm like, yeah. okay, I, I have been put in my place. I would be on the ground, <laughs> on the ground. There's nice cushions, luckily. That's okay, a good I got thing, to experience because that. I would need them. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's the thing I'm into. Still into reading and books. Uh, I very much like being kind of a jack of all trades. Yes. So yes. anything I can pick up and like learn a little bit about. So let's see what else. I, I taught myself ukulele in college. Okay. That's the thing I can whip out at parties. <laughs> um, I'm doing a podcast now. So I learned audio editing for that, which is something that I'm trying to get more of my friends to do other podcasts with me. That has not happened. Okay. Thank you for sharing, Ellen. How about you, Jamie? <laughs> well, currently, I've kind of, I revived a hobby that I had picked up a few years ago. I have cross-stitching, you know, okay. and I don't do, uh, go figure, I don't do super traditional cross-stitching. <laughs> I'm currently working on a year-long cross-stitch-along where a Facebook group I'm a part of, um, it's a gothic kind of uh, bookshelf. And um, we're basically doing a temperature eat on the bookshelf is a book for every day of the year. And what you do is you track the temperature for that day and there's a color code and you're like, oh, it was 50 degrees. So this is the color I'm using for this book. Oh, that's cool. And you're going to do like this temperature tracking from January to the end of December. But right now I'm still just setting up the bookshelf, but it's like, it's really fun. It sounds probably tedious to people who don't do it <laughs> to set it up. And I'm starting to see all the you know, the places, uh, pieces form like I completed a plant that's dangling on the top of the bookshelf. There's a little cat that's kind of sitting on the top and I chose Cheshire cat colors for that cat instead of, you know, a normal cat because that would just be <laughs> totally out of place. And so, you know, that is something that I recently revived. I, I still knit. I, I love knitting. It's definitely my therapy craft. And so I, I'm working on a blanket for my grandson. I just got that started this weekend. And then, of course, I'm learning to spin. 
And so my percentage of angry words when I'm trying to spend has decreased from 95% to 60 to 75%. So we're making progress. That's good. Yeah. That seems like really good progress. <laughs> I, you know, I, you know, and so what happens with me when it's a more complex pro- um, craft, which this is because you're having to think of multiple things at the same time. It's not unlike having to play the drums, you know, with the drums, most people can do two rhythms at the same time, but you add a third or a fourth and that's where you find out who can be a drummer and who's just mm-hmm. not. <laughs> and so spinning's not unlike that. And, uh, and so once I get to that point where, you know, progress is being made and the angry words are not being shouted and the feet are not being stamped, then you're going, Hey, I might be able to actually make this work. But it usually works like that for me when it's complex. I will try and fail and try and fail and try and fail and try and fail. And all of a sudden I can do it. So I'm waiting for that moment. <laughs> you'll, you'll get there, I believe. I believe. I believe. Yeah. I've. It's helped that this is not the first time that's happened. So I can remind myself, you know, that I usually reach that point and then suddenly it becomes easier. But there's a quote, and I honestly can't remember who said it, that all things are difficult until they become easy. So I try to remind myself of that while I'm shouting. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, Ryan, what about you? Yeah. I, so I had mentioned previously, I got into computers at some point, and mm-hmm. that is definitely a current thing for me. Uh, I think I built my first one when I was 15, and people always like are impressed by that, but it's, it's really very easy to build your own computer. Um, you just have a list of parts and then you plug in things together. So, uh, I'm pretty much always working on some kind of build. It's been it's been about a year since my last one, so I'm starting. I'm in the planning process for my next one. Okay, so you're more the physical part of the computer than like gaming or programming uh, stuff. I actually I like gaming a lot, but I just dipped my toe into programming as well. So oh, okay. I started with the hardware, but now I'm I'm entering the software part of it uh, because two of my good friends decided to take up programming as well. Mm. Uh, they they want to go that career, so. I, through osmosis, I've picked up some, and now I'm starting to get into a little bit uh, by myself, which is exciting, but extremely daunting. Uh, incremental progress is the name of the game with programming I and learning a new language. That's exactly what happens with me. I'll start with something, and i down the rabbit hole. You know, <laughs> First, I'm just wanting to knit. And then I'm like, I'm tired of doing rectangles and squares. I want to do something more. And then I just add a skill and add a skill and add a skill. And then I go, oh, hey, what if we learned how to dye this? You know, and then, oh, what if we learned how to spin yarn? And I mean, it just, one thing leads to the next, leads to the next. I have Mm -hmm. a a friend who weaves and she's given me some woven um, towels that she's made. And I'm like, just stay away from her house because as soon as you look at the loom and how it works, you're going to want to go down mm-hmm. that path too. And I really can't invest anymore right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which that's actually how uh, the interest in programming got started with um, me was that I love board games and I decided to design my own at one oh, point. Neat. Uh, and I love game design, but uh, if I wanted ever to get into the video game, try turning into a video game, I'm going to have to code something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to have to learn it at some point. Right. I'll say board games and video games are also a hobby of mine. I'm very bad at both of them, but again, do it regardless. I mean, as long as you're having fun, you're not bad at it. But yeah, it's great. It's- that 
That leads me to a question that I wanted to put out. What are things that you genuinely enjoy, hobby or otherwise, that you're really bad at and yet you really still enjoy it? I'm fantastic and perfect at everything, Jamie. So <laughs> I'm going to skip this one, obviously. I'm going to call your wife and find out. <laughs> she doesn't know anything. She's always impressed by me. We'll call her up. It's like, yeah, Ryan is really bad at taking out the garbage. She's got a big list. Uh, mine is playing pool. I am terrible at it, but when I get a chance to play pool, I always just find that so much fun. But I'm terrible at it. <laughs> terrible. I have tried to play pool like five separate times, and no matter what, I cannot hit a pool ball with a pool cue. <laughs> it does not happen. Does it just does it just shoot off out of the room I somewhere? I don't know what it is, but it never works. Okay. And I don't know where I struggle with it because I've had multiple people try to teach me and I cannot get it ever. Yeah. One day. I believe in you. No. No. You've given up. No more. No more tries. I, I fully believe I will continue to try. I just don't think I'll ever succeed okay. in this one. That is usually when I go, you know what? I've got 12 other things I want to try anyway. So we're moving yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. My, my experience with the pool, uh, I had a pool table growing up. Mm-hmm. So. I thought I was really good compared to all my friends whenever they came over. Mm-hmm. But then I played against someone who actually knew how to play. <laughs> and I got shut down really quick uh, and uh, put in my place. So, disillusionment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't really played ever since then too much. But maybe one day I'll pick it up again. So going on to the ghost of Chris, uh, of hobbies future, mm-hmm. I should say. Uh, what are things that you would either like to expand upon from what you're doing now or brand new things that you haven't tried, but you've always had an interest in? There's a lot of that kind of thing. My husband is really into woodworking. Uh, we only have like a few tools right now, but I definitely want to work with him to learn how to do that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, mostly so I can build my own bookshelves. I yes. think that would be a handy skill. I'm willing to be a guinea pig if you guys want to work on that. Okay, next time we have some scrap wood lying around, I'll let you know. <laughs> I'm all about the reclaimed wood. Uh, I've got a couple that I'm actually super excited about. Uh, for 2022, I want to host dinner parties. Oh, nice. Uh, okay. Dinner parties or murder dinner parties? Well, one of them will be a murder dinner party. Okay. Okay. I've already got the body. That sounded bad. <laughs> I have someone who you volunteered to be to the body. explain that yeah. because... <laughs> A co-worker has volunteered to play the body in a murder mystery at my house eventually. No one check Ryan's freezer. (laughs) I have a theory of who might have volunteered, but I'll ask you later. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, we just uh, we're finally finishing up moving into our new house. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot more space and I'm just really excited. Um, I like socializing with people and everyone I work with is super cool. So I want to get to know them better and have them over and enjoy, have a good time. That sounds really neat. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. There's a couple of things I have to uh, do for my house, but we're we're getting there. Yeah, we every year host uh, Friendsgiving, and that has given Logan the excuse of learning how to cook a turkey. So he's always in charge of that. I do some of the sides, and then we have friends bring various other sides and desserts. And now he's like, you know what? Thanksgiving isn't enough. We need another annual get together where I can cook something large and intense. That that absolutely happened to me and my wife because we we love cooking for people, which is kind of where this is mm. the whole dinner party thing is or party house party thing is going from. Uh, and yeah, we do. I think at least three or four 
big dinners for our family uh, just in between holidays because we just like having everybody get together. And I, it's it's hard because there's only two of us, so I never get oh, to cook yeah, a yeah. huge amount of food, and I that's when it's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spinning off of that, we have a non-traditional event this time of year. Uh, we call it our Super Chinese New Year. Because our whole family, is has been mentioned before, lived in China. And so we've got this connection with a lot of the Chinese holidays and stuff. But it's also right around this time every year that Super Bowl is happening. And not everybody in the family is into the Super Bowl. But enough of us, for some of us, they really want to watch the game. For some mm-hmm. of us, it's an excuse to just get together. So we do Super Chinese New Year. And we have buffalo wings and Chinese food. And watch the game. <laughs> All right. That honestly sounds like an amazing mix of things. it's. It we really love it. It's something we look forward to every year. Mm-hmm. And and February first was actually the beginning of Chinese New Year. Yeah, I know we had some events going on based around that. Yeah. One thing I haven't mentioned is that I I like to grow things. And I will admit, with my garden, it's on again, off again. One Mm -hmm. year, I will just really go crazy and grow lots of stuff. And one year, I will not do anything. I will wait and go, yes, you know, and nothing. Nothing will happen. And so, but uh, that's what I want to expand on. I've got, I've put in um, some raised beds for a strawberry bed I'm going to put in this year. And I have some already uh, raised beds that I'm I've got uh, a lot of seeds that I'm, in fact, just this weekend, I cleared off a space in my laundry room and put in some grow lights so I can start some seeds indoors Mm -hmm. so that when the weather's ready, I can start transplanting. And uh, I also grow, this is one thing I do every year is I grow a lot of herbs and I dry them for tinctures and teas and different things like that. And it's just a lot of fun. We have a garden we do every year, too. Mainly every year we grow sunflowers. Mm. If you guys didn't know this, the clay soil is very good for sunflowers because it retains a lot of moisture and sunflowers need a crazy amount of water. Okay. So as long as you're more or less on schedule with watering them, like the soil retains enough that they'll grow. But we tried doing indoor seed starting last year and we have some grow lights that we put under one of our kitchen cabinets. Yes. And then we quickly discovered that the cats were willing to eat every single thing we grew. (laughs) Well, we've set up our growing situation in the laundry room, which has a door that closes. Mm. And I have dogs, not cats. Mm -hmm. And they're chihuahuas. So they're not getting up on that counter no matter what. (laughs) Although I could see them doing precisely such a thing. Yeah, I went down the rabbit hole of looking at like a greenhouse uh, with hydroponics and stuff. And I was like... Do I want to pull the trigger on it? Is 2022 the year? No. <laughs> See, if I was going to pull a trigger on a new hobby, uh, it would be bees. I would get a couple of beehives. I have a cu- I have a spot I've picked out. I even cleaned it up once. And it's just that initial investment into getting the whole setup is, mm-hmm. pr- is pricey. And that is what has kept me from doing it. But I do have a friend who was able to get some really good colonies established and has offered to help me if I can get my setup going. So it may happen. I already have uh, some promised beeswax that someone has cleaned for me that I'm going to be using for some of the balms that I make or maybe some candles. It it all just goes from one thing to the next thing to the next <laughs> thing. Uh, beekeeping is something that we've considered too. Oh yeah. Uh, we have, we have a lot of very grand plants that we can't complete on the, you know, like tiny little city lot that we have. Yes. 
But what I've heard with beekeeping is that you have to find your local beekeeping community. Uh-huh. And a lot of times if people have established colonies, uh, if they start growing, they will just give you bees. That is pretty much what my friend has said. Yeah. She's like, because I have said, you know, every year there's a, there's kind of a window of time. Mm-hmm. And it's like you have to have ordered them early enough to get them by spring. And I, you know, I missed that window like year after year. And so the last time she and I had that conversation, she's like, just let me know when you need bees. I'll get you bees. <laughs> I've <laughs> got like, a bee guy. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll. So I still need to, I have to re-clean up the spot because it has become overgrown. Mm-hmm. And uh, I still have to get some hive setups and stuff like that. But I, I think that in the not too distant future, that might actually come to fruition. That's very cool. I think I would love to do that, except uh, my wife has a st- an extreme passion for animals that I think would extend to bees. And yes. she would probably name each and every one of them. <laughs> and we would have to have a bee funeral for every single one that passed. So I'm not willing to commit to that. Well, you know, one of the things that I like to do, and, I, and I've had chickens before, is one of the reasons I like to do that is because I know that I will go out of my way to provide a healthy, humane environment for me. And I bonded with my chickens. I called them my therapy animals because I am so not a morning person and I'm dragging. But as soon as I would walk in in the morning to let them out for the day, I would just start talking to them and I would just like wake right up and, you know, it just literally shifted on a dime as soon as I went out and started talking to the chickens when I was letting them out for the day. Thank you. That was awesome. Uh, Thank you for sharing. And for anyone who's interested in chickens, you are allowed to have chickens anywhere in Evansville. Like it is written into the city code. You can have up to six chickens in your backyard. Okay. There are requirements about like the size of coop and everything that you have. I Uh, think there may be some limitations on roosters. Yeah. No, no roosters is generally the rule. I'm outside the city limits. So I I did not actually have a rooster anyway, but I knew that there was wiggle room for me. And uh, the only places where you can't have chickens are basically if you have an HOA that says no chickens. No chickens. I'm going to go ahead and, and assume that you're talking about raising chickens. Yes. Because I can't. I don't think I could bring a chicken into the library. Uh, no, that would not be appreciated. Okay, don't don't bring chickens to the library. <laughs> or roosters. I have no roosters never in the seen library. them be able to be house trained, so that would not go well. I think my wife had a, a chicken that they brought in the house sometimes, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it didn't stay there. <laughs> so all these hobbies we have going on. Uh, Are there any library programs that might help us find some new hobbies or grow some existing ones? Well, March the 12th, which is a Saturday at McCullough, we are going to be having a fiber arts demonstration. We've got uh, a spinner and a weaver and someone who does um, loom knitting. It's not not loom as in a weaving loom, but it uses um, a shaped Well, you'll have to come see, but it creates things like hats and things like that. I believe someone is bringing a sock knitting machine that they have at home and are able to do. And so, and we're going to talk about the different types of materials that are used and the equipment like a swift. If you want to know what a swift is, not a bird swift, but a fiber related tool, then you can come and see that demonstrated. I hope everybody will come and Uh, Just go on to our online calendar to find out the time of that event. And then, of course, we have our monthly uh, book discussion group. It's called One More Chapter for all the we're we're always on the hunt for the unputdownable book. 
Also at McCullough, we have the sit and stitch coming up, which is something I think you're planning on attending. I think I might drop into that. It's uh, not at a time I'm normally at the library, but I mean, that's that's my jam. So I could see myself coming in for that. Yeah, a great opportunity to bring in any fiber-based crafts or really any crafts in general and just enjoy some community while you work on your projects. In addition to the sit and stitch, we also have an event at North Park, Procrastinators. Uh, so that's another opportunity to go and work on your fiber arts. Uh, that next meeting is Tuesday, February 15th. I also have a program that meets once a month. It's the third Tuesday um, in the afternoon from two to four bullet journaling, you know, for people who that's, that's kind of been a thing for a few years now, but it's uh, a thing that people enjoy. You can design your planner according to your taste, your style, what your personal goals are that might be different than anyone else's and add your own creative flair to creating it. I may have to swing by that one because as we record this, I am looking at my notes in my own bullet journal. So definitely something that everyone can get involved in. Well, it definitely beats the random scraps of paper that we tend to jot things down on. Oh, yes. And it helps me to organize those things into one place so that I can forget you less often. <laughs> I leave my post-its a little vague on purpose because I like the sense of mystery. Ah, okay. All right. It Life is an adventure. Yeah. I respect that. Uh, we also have some fun teen programs coming up. Teen Gaming at Central on Wednesday the 16th and a kind of free-for-all creative space meeting at Red Bank on the 16th. You can check out all of these programs as well as our normal book discussions, dance parties, and story times on our website at evpl.org slash events. Finally, we're adding to the uh, podcasting menu, as it were. Uh, We have these little short footnote episodes, and we're introducing one that's going to be released monthly called TBR. TBR stands for To Be Read, and it's not going to address only the new books coming into the library, but those new additions to the library that are just waiting to be read or explored or experimented with. I am greatly looking forward to these since I'm not involved with those recordings, so I will get to hear them with everyone else. Awesome. Well, this has been a fantastic time. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jamie. I'm very happy to be here. And as always, it is a pleasure hosting with you, Ellen. Like always. And thank you to you listeners for listening to us today. At Check it out at EVPL. If you have comments, suggestions, or would like to f- suggest a future episode, you can contact us at podcast at evpl.org. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Happy Valentine's Day. Bye. Bye.